Have y'all used that before? Uh, we were thinking about making that one the tagline. That was our second one. Today is July 16th, 2017. Uh, this is Astronauts Anonymous, bringing dirty news one step at a time. Uh, today is kind of go- probably going to be a shorter episode. It's only me and Q today. So yeah, kind of a short staff. Uh, but we are going to be talking about the newest Marvel film, Spider-Man Homecoming. I was super excited about this film. I am a huge Spider-Man fan. He's been my favorite hero uh, since I was probably like eight. Uh, watched the 90s Spider-Man uh, TV show, the cartoon and all that. Read the comics for as long as I can remember. All that stuff. Outside of Ninja Turtles, he's probably my favorite comic book character at all. Probably completely. Yeah. Um, but before that, uh, what have you been up to? Anyway, Q. Man, just not much. Um, just trying to catch up on all the long lost movies I missed. Just trying to catch up on the new stuff. I've seen Planet of the Apes. Um, not really nerdy, but absolutely loved it. I'm a huge fan of the franchise. Um, and just grinding away at the other little games and nerdy things that I do. I need to catch up on my bar so a little bit. But other than that, been just on nerd light lately. <laughs> you need to catch up on Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Yeah, I you actually that I splatted it this week. While I was on I vacation, did. and I told you about the game, I had like a two month head start. <laughs> that was that was a phenomenal game. I I have some like issues with the combat system a little bit. Um, yeah, the melee is completely trash. Like, it, no, <laughs> don't even try to say it. It's trash. Don't try to say it. But yeah, especially with um, non sentient beings. I mean, even with sentient beings, the melee is trash, but when you're trying to fight a non-robotic item, it is horrible. And that's what I was saying, a lock system? Yeah, for that. Would have just put it on par, because you're kind of just like swinging this 18-foot staff in through the air and hoping it just hits. Some sort of auto-aim with it, with the staff, not not the bow hunting part. The no, bow hunting was on, yeah. It's on point. That's really good. I like that it had the natural drop over long distances. Yep. Because um, I tell you, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not approaching anything close if I could deal with it 50 yards out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I definitely need to catch up on that too. I don't know. I just, I've not powered my PS4 on unless to be on Netflix. Not even 2K. I just, yeah. Yeah, I, I just got the, this War of Mine on there. So, which that game I have to be in the right mood to play. It is a great game, but have you, have you heard of it at all? What was that? Of this war of mine, this war not, not yeah, it's it's this um, it's an indie title where basically it's your civilian during wartime, and it's you and a couple other survivors, and you're basically you have to just keep the house in order, like build. And I remember they were up. talking about that because it was showing this other side of war. Yeah, and it was like World War Two or something. It, like it's that. just some nondescript war and some nondescript country. But I remember them talking about it just because they were like, it's such a groundbreaking way of looking at the war as far as the game aspect is concerned. But I was like, no, it's, it's not a game. really good game, but it is brutal. Like Sims doing War of Us. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but there was this part where, like, at, at night, um, you can send some guys out 
about the scavenge and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I sent a guy out to scavenge, and I got a report on this one location that said, this place, it's known to have some stuff, but the local military and stuff have been known to be around this area too, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so I go in there, and I hear two voices talking, which it's not voice, you just see the text bubble pop up, but yeah. it shows you kind of where it's coming from. And so I go up to this door, and I like peek through the door, and it's this soldier and this girl talking, mm -hmm. and the soldier's like trying to hit on her and everything, and he's like, so what are you doing here? And she's just like, I'm just scavenging for stuff, I don't want any trouble, blah, blah, blah. And he, of course, you know, the whole, the whole thing of, well, I can definitely give you some goods if you do something for me, kind wow. of thing. And she just tried to run away, and I, like, I tried to save her. So I bust through the door, and she runs, but then she shoots my character. What? <laughs> Not she, but he, he the soldier oh, guy, okay. shoots like, my character. What? Um, that was great. Because I couldn't, I didn't, this was the first time I got into a fight at all with anybody, so I didn't know the controls yet. Um, so, like, I run up to him, and I thought maybe I could, like, hit him from behind real quick. Staying out here, got killed. It's just like it, it gets time. heavy. Yeah, okay. I can imagine like
it's it's good to see him do something that's not a comedy based thing. Okay. I think. And it, I felt that in there too. It just it had a lot of things in there that I felt like would be good, but I was not like excited to see it. Like I could see the comedy from Jamie. I could see the action and the, 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 the expert driving skills, but I was just like, it's a lot of things I like together, but when you try to put too many things together, it ends up being a point. So I kind of got that to the It didn't. It was actually a very minimalistic film. Okay. Nothing, nothing really too fancy. But yeah, that syncing up with music reminded me. So when I used to work, uh, my first job, I had to work, walk like about a mile and a half, two miles every day. So I used to take my skateboard. And I had to, uh, in the route that I kept, there was this giant hill that I had to have to skateboard down. It was very, it was a good I knew you were going to bring yeah. that up. Like, it was right at the kick push, and, and it was right when phones started getting their ringtones. And I bought the ringtone, and I'm on the phone with this bitch. Not in the most sober state of mind at the time. And I remember thinking. You want you going to work? I'm on the way home at this okay. point. So I'm on the way home. I'm not all the way sober. And I remember thinking, yo, I'm about to bomb this hill. And I remember telling them, yo, call me back in exactly two seconds. And as I started, as I went over the edge of the hill, and I remember it was just so perfect. Then I answered the phone. She's like, "Why you have me go to bed?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> she was completely shitty when I told her. But yeah, that is a, that's a great thing whenever just like real life syncs up with your music. Because that's really how they did it in the first commercial yeah. when they did the ringtone. So I was like, "I'm about to sync this shit up." With but yeah, uh, definitely a good movie. Rise of Planet of the Apes. You probably go see that too because it's a good film that's still original in its own way. Great film. So, yeah. Um, I was kind of sketched at going into it at first. It started really slow. It didn't start in the way that I wanted it to start. Then in about, mm, about 25 minutes in, it kind of picks up. And it gradually increases as the story goes on. It didn't really pick up with that same amount of drama that it left off with. But it was really, it was really good. Yeah. And then next week, Nathan's up trying to make him pour this somewhere right now. <laughs> next that week we got, we got Valerian. Yes. Luke, Luke Besson. Oh my god. Which Luke Besson, I, I mentioned this before. He he's very hit or miss mm-hmm. on a lot of stuff. Like he'll do Leon the Professional and then he'll do Lucy. And then he'll do like Fifth Element and then he'll do Lockout. And Yeah, that's really hit or miss. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that really like the movie Lockout, but it's not, you can't say it's a good film. <laughs> like, and this is, to me, this is kind of like my redemption film. I say that because I missed Avatar in 3D. I saw it in regular D. It was before I really bought into the whole 3D thing. Yeah. And it was one of the first real no reason playing th- 3D. <laughs> it was a real, one of the first 3D movies that came out. I liked it. I like it not because it's a pop out 3D, but it adds depth to the film. And I like that. But I say that because. This movie is so beautiful that I want to see it in 3D because I want that depth. So I kind of see this as my redemption for not being able to see Avatar because they both look like they're going to be equally... I think this is going to be a more beautiful film than Avatar is going to be just because of how the, the graphics look. But Avatar in itself was a beautiful movie, especially at the scene where they cut through the forest at night. It was yeah. absolutely one of the most 
a beautiful film. I'm not necessarily going to say I like the film, but it's a beautiful film. But that was, I will say that was one of the only movies I can say that actually took advantage of the 3D mm-hmm. really well. Most of the time it's either they throw shit at the screen or it's for yeah. no purpose. Yeah, but it, it's it's <laughs> played out a little bit too much. I like the depth, the same. Well, whenever it's depth. like something like comes across the screen, it's kind of natural. It's a natural pan anyway, mm-hmm. but it does like give you that extra. That's awesome. Yes, Avatar did that really well. Mm-hmm. But so many other movies that they're they're three D. It's just they throw shit at the screen and stuff yeah. like that. For I no got to figure too because I saw the last Harry Potter three D and was like, why did that? Yeah, and then a lot of the films they don't use three D at all, but they'll upvert it up convert it to three D. Just yeah. And that's how the Harry Potter was. There was no reason to really go see that in three. I don't remember yeah. any uh, any scenes that I was like, "Oh man, I'm really glad that this was in three D because I wouldn't have been able to see." Yeah, that. Even because like uh, there were scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy too, where like they were standing in the Coliseum, you could see, you could actually see the size of the Coliseum yeah. because of the depth that it was given. And any other time it was just a little two D. Yeah, like, that's the good stuff. That, that's when it was really good. But speaking of movies, let's go on to our main topic. Yes. Loved it. Yes. I loved it. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the first um, the, fi- uh, the first movie, solo movie, that Spider-Man has had in the MCU. Uh, this first of many. First of many. Yeah, they're talking about doing, I think they said five. They're, they're in talks of five, there's three officially. Um, um, well, it's five total if you count both. Because they're trying to make him the revamp after um, Infinity War, and then they already announced the 2019 Avengers movie, so that'll probably be non-cap, not cap Avengers. Yeah. But but yeah, MC, uh, well, Disney just released another timeline, I think, last month. Yeah, that's a D23 conference. I haven't gotten a chance to really look at it. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the next two Avenger films are going to be. It's going to be. There's a part of me because they keep, uh, Kevin Feige keeps talking about how they're still, yes, they still all exist in the same universe, but they're not really going to use anything from the TV shows, they're not going to go let them stick with it. There's a part of me that's like hoping that he's just been pulling our chain this entire time and just saying that to throw us off, but then in the movie comes in, they're all fucking in there. I mean, I would <laughs> like to say Coulson, maybe May, maybe, um, Daisy. I'm talking like Daredevil too. Not nah, they can so stay. Like Blue Cage, we can stay on TV. Jessica Jones, they could just. I would love Punisher. if they just showed up. Punisher, like, I would really yeah. like to see Punisher, but in a um, all-out like superhero battle, Punisher wouldn't be worth it. Like, no, but like it. you can have something happen back at Earth, and they're they, they're uh, cleaning up the streets. I'm not really, I'm not really looking for any of the MCU TV movies. No, I'm not saying that it's a good <laughs> idea necessarily. I'm just saying I personally would love it. Not that I see any way where it would make sense or no, really no. be good, but I want it to happen nonetheless. <laughs> so. They can remove Jessica Jones from the Defenders, I'll be happy. What was wrong with Jessica Jones? I know you, yeah, yourself. I know. But yeah, so Spider-Man, I love Spider-Man first off because of how they did uh, the bad guy. Like, I'm a, I like tech. I really like tech. And I like when you take an old character who was biological. 
I grew up on the '90s Spider-Man TV show, so he was really like half animal. Yeah, he now was, he had that medi- he had that medicine that in the '90s cartoon show. It was a medication that made him younger again, and so it was still the suit that did the flying. Yeah, yeah. But um, I like how they kind of they played on the the, the the new alien technology. He just mm-hmm. had some badass wings. They really never explained how his talons kind of worked into it because it was always. Just yeah, it was a wingsuit, but you never really saw him strap his feet in, which that's all another story. But I like the the kind of bi propeller system. That yeah, it was in. really interesting design. It worked really, really well. Kind of like those new fancy helicopters that they have that can do the vertical, uh, do the straight vertical liftoff. But um, love the wingsuit. It was absolutely amazing. It's like a final one. If they kind of did it the way it is in the comics, I think you basically would just have another Falcon as a bad guy. Yeah. With the green wings instead of red and gray. <laughs> That's why I like the way they did it. And they really played up, and I hope they played more on that. Uh, taking that, um, what are those? Um, what is it, Centurion? What's, what's the name of the, the guy that came through the portal? Uh, oh, the Centauri? Centauri, thank you. Playing up on that Centauri uh, technology. And I hope they kind of show that this. Evolution of technology is a big thing, mm. just for Spider-Man, if not the entire MCU. But I like how he was able to manufacture new weapons, which humans wouldn't have had the capability to, to manufacture, even with that power source. But that's yeah. a different conversation. But I like how they kind of use that as a catalyst to bring new weapons, and I hope that they continue that throughout the entire MCU. And Marvel has had a history of having bad villains. Yeah. That they've been, like, that's always, whenever you see a lot of discussions about Marvel and what they're not doing right, that is always number one. The villains suck. Right. The villains suck. They really don't have any villains to cheer for. Yeah. Other than it's not, it's not even necessarily cheer for, but they're just, like, they're portrayed really, really well. You understand their motives. You, mm-hmm. you can see where they're coming from, things like that. They're just really well acted. Not, not that I'm saying the villain, the actors have been bad in those films or anything like that. They just haven't been interesting. Because yeah. um, I always want a villain that I can cheer for. Like Joker, sometimes you want that much more. I don't know what it is. Sometimes you're like, yeah, thank God for that. I might say a little something about your psyche, but you know. Yeah, yeah. it probably does, but sometimes I can completely agree with the villain. Yeah, but uh, like he was, first off, Michael Keaton, just phenomenal actor. Yeah. Um, and it's funny they keep putting him in winged characters. Whatever he does, like Batman, Birdman, and now Vulture. Birdman. Yeah, he did that movie Birdman. It's a really good film. It's it's an art film. It's not a not like an action superhero film, but it's it's based off of like him being having played a superhero back in the day. It's kind of about like he did it. You can tell very specifically because people know him as having been Batman. Mm-hmm. So he kind of made this film based on the fact that he's an older actor that played the superhero back in the day and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he is—he was amazing though, and I like the fact that they, because in the comics, Vulture is a very C-list villain. Like, yeah. He's more famous because he's one of Spider-Man's first villains, but. First, I think he was actually the first official Amazing Spider-Man comic, uh, first or second, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he never really was a big threat. 
in the nineties show, he was my. I think we had this thing. He um, had an arc in the nineties. show. He was my favorite villain, other than this, uh, Mysterio. But he was, <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah, but he was really one of my and um the the savage the the huntsman. Uh, Craven. Yeah, Craven. Yeah, so those were my two favorite bad guys. So to see them do one a bad guy that hasn't been done because no one wants to see a revamp. I mean, I would really like. To I would see love Doc to see him really. Yes, I would love to see Doc Ock. Not that my Alfred Molina didn't do a great job. Oh no, that was wonderful. He was wonderful. But again, this is more of a not so campy universe. Exactly. This I would love to see a serious take on it, and also I'd like to see an actually good take on fucking Green Goblin. I like Green Goblin. <laughs> oh, I like Green Goblin. I do. Okay, he didn't have the waves from the well, movie. No. <laughs> the comics still. Yo, because they the had the waves. He still has that in the comics, which is funny. But uh, I, I like Goblin for what he was. Um, I, I think I like his acting on Harry Osborn and not necessarily. Are you talking about in the original film? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a very campy version. Like, Willem Dafoe's character, Willem Dafoe knocked out of the park for the type of character he was playing. Yeah. But that was very, very cheesy, which it was meaning to be. Like, yeah, that's what they were going for. They wanted to be just like the comic, which when you put a comic on film, it's cheap. And then they tried to redo it, do Green Goblin again in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I didn't see that. Yeah, don't. I it's, it. it's awful. Jamie Foxx in a wig, I was like, I'm done, bro. Like, no. You did great. <laughs> now you got this Donald Trump two-piece on. I'm not feeling it. Yo, I'm, no. And Electro is one of my... I like, a really good character. I, I like the fact that he could jump from any electronic object to another. Um, but I, I just didn't like that, that toupee he had. I'm like, there was a lot of <laughs> But yeah, they, they... I liked how they kind of incorporated a couple of bad guys. Because... Um, we were talking before. Um, I think out of the MCU, uh, and you probably some fancy name that I can't remember. Uh, Spider-Man has the best set of villains. Rogue uh, Gallery. Rogue Gallery. Uh, in the MCU, hands down. I wouldn't say. I, I would say a couple steps back from Batman because Batman, all of his bad guys are iconic. Um, but out of the MCU. Just Marvel in general. Yeah, I was gonna say Marvel. He only has one villain so far in the MCU, but <laughs> two technically. Yeah, but in, in all of Marvel, Spider-Man has the best bad guys, hands down. Like I feel like any one of his bad guys could beat his ass at any moment. A young the, the A-listers, yes. Shocker, not so much. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, he had a hard time. But Sam, yeah, you're right. Like Green Goblin, Sandman, which I love. Sandman was such a great villain when he's done right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Doc Ock, which, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, they take advantage of who Peter Parker is, the fact that he does hold his punches, he doesn't want to kill people. Absolutely. So they know that. So they, they push him, push him exactly. back at that point. And that's why I like, uh, that's why I like his rogue gallery, <laughs> per se. So, um, I really hope they set, they're they setting up for Sinister Six. Um, that's far down the road. I know, do. but I really hope they, I'm I hoping mean, it is. They got two out of the way. I want to see a, uh, I want to see a Chimera, human, Rhino Glenn for Rhino Man. I don't want a man in a Rhino suit. I want the Rhino. Yeah, yeah I want a genetically altered human. That would make more sense for yes, the character. That would be so good. And their uh, their CGI is CGI is 
off the charts at this point in technology, and I think they could pull it off really good and just put a man in a giant Panasonic suit, fat suit, green fat suit, and you just CGI the shit out of it. But I would love to see a Sinister Six, maybe a Wrecking Crew uh, cameo at like a beginning of the movie, yeah. or oh, I need to I need to go see Aunt May, but at the last minute the Wrecking Crew is doing something, so I I have to cancel lunch. Well, they have the absorbing. I mean, I would love just. I like his. I like his old characters. So they're all corny in a nice kind of way. Like I hate seeing Wrecking Crew, but when I see him, I'm like, it's gonna be a good fight to yeah. shoot a kick six in the I would love to see. A, could you mention Rhino? I would love to see Shocker and Rhino team up so he gets that '90s cartoon thing back going yeah. on, where it's yeah. always they're, they're the lackeys and Rhino and Shocker. Um, but no, this it was really good villain. Uh, and the fact that they also kept him alive at the end. It's not yeah. a one-off villain where he's going to die. Where he dies like that and he's just never heard from again or thought of again or anything like that. Like, he has a legitimate chance of coming back, which could lead to stuff like the Sinister Six and stuff like that. And also, we're going to get into spoiler territory on this, so just FYI, they introduce another villain that's going to be supposedly in the second Spider-Man film, which I am super excited for. Uh, Mac Gargan was he was the second Venom, yes, but he sucked as Venom. His main identity is Scorpion, and I cannot wait to see a live action Scorpion. Because okay. he he is a great villain. Well, he was an A lister for a while and then he kinda of became a B list villain after a while. Mm-hmm. You can only do so many fights at that caliber with a character before it starts getting boring, but he's a great he's a great villain for Spider Man. I mean, yeah, so absolutely. There's so much more to work for. I hope they cut this deal. Sony just keep cashing these checks that they ain't putting no money into. Yeah, right. Just, hey, can I get my Spider-Man check and go cash it and just sit the hell back? And they just need to leave the franchise alone. They really don't want them you don't to need, a Venom movie. I wanted them to give the rights back, but at this point, it would be more beneficial for them just to sit back and say, you can do whatever the hell you want, just send me my check. And I'll be absolutely happy. And they just need to leave it alone, though. We don't need a standalone Venom movie that doesn't we don't need a black cat silver sable movie. Why would you do that? I don't know. Are they talking about me? Yeah, they're done. You, yeah. Oh my god, no one wants to see them without the, the official, On the Venom movie, I already have casting done. It's, I don't Who know. Who plays it? Oh, I can't think of his name right now. It is not Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, no, it is Tom Hardy. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, who does? I don't know. Who does? We do not <laughs> endorse pirated movies <laughs> here on Ashton. But yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna give them my cohort cast. But um, yeah, and that kind of yeah leads into another thing that I didn't like. Like, the, I hate it, Flash. I know that they're trying to make it for young kids and how young kids high school is now. And I might just be crossing over the threshold to old man that doesn't like new stuff that little kids are doing. But I hate it, Flash. I will give you that a little bit because like I understand why they did it and I get why the character is. I think the biggest reason they did it was because they realized Peter is a very smart kid. There is no reason that he would not be in like a gifted school. Magnet school. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's just a he's the smartest kid without trying in 
the high school, he's going to go into like a special school, especially in New York. Magnet schools have football teams. Yeah, but like still. Why right? can't he be a smart jock? Well, supposedly he was a jock, too. Like they mentioned how he's the fastest and stuff like that. Um, but, familiar. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I want a 16-year-old kid that looks like he takes steroids. <laughs> like, if they could have made Batista a high school no, kid, oh, no, that's what no. I wanted. Actually, I will say that. The Amazing Spider-Man did excellent casting job. Excellent casting job. The directing was decent. They forgot just the story sucked. So that was the worst part of them. And so their version of Flash I thought was perfect. Absolutely. He was a great Flash. Um, and the fact that he kind of was on good terms with him at the end, too, mm-hmm. that's perfect because they do become friends later on. They started off as friends. Well, they started off as enemies at first. Like, he was the high school bully that always bullied uh, Peter Parker. And then they turned into friends. Yeah. After the whole symbiote thing. Well, it was before, yeah, even before symbiote. Like, he just basically, he became, he was for a while Spider-Man's biggest fan, but he didn't know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, but it was just over years and stuff like that. They eventually did it. And then he, be, he becomes Venom later on after that. Because what I remember from the 90s TV show, they were friendly. So he was bullying them, but they were still friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm playing on. I'm not like huge in the comic. No, I'm not in the comic books at all. I'm not even <laughs> I don't read any comic books. I try. I'm trying to get you into them. But so from them, they were kind of friendly. They were like, yeah, we're cool. And I care about Peter Parker. But I will take his lunch money if I don't have mine. Like, <laughs> so that was the kind of thing. And that's what I was kind of looking for. Um, to my dismay, I found out that the 90s TV show was not in canon. So I know nothing about Spider-Man. Well, I mean, it, it's like any cartoon show. It's not going to be canon with the comics. But they did a decent job of adaption and stuff like that. Like, that was a good Flash Thompson in the, in the cartoon show. But I did like how they they updated uh, Puny Parker, which is what Flash always called him in the comics, to Penis Parker. <laughs> I'm a grown man, so it had no problem, but I'm thinking, hey, this is all, what was the rating on this movie? I think it was PG. I was PG like, man, that was a little much. I was like, yo, that's, come on. But that, that is a high school insult. Like, yeah, it that is. is purely, like, nobody would say, some call somebody puny so much anymore. They're going to call you a penis. penis like, then he was on turntables on one and twos and everybody, <laughs> penis, Parker. I was like, yo, you're doing way too much, Flash. Well, that's Flash. He's, he's, he's overbearing like that. Dude. But, uh, but yeah, to me, his hate just didn't really seem rooted. I, mean, I guess with a bully, you kind of you kind of dismiss the fact that a bully needs something yeah. to really hate you. But he just seemed like, like a, that one Kim Kim Peele skit yeah. with the bully. <laughs> he just seemed like a grade A class hater. Like there was no reason for like Flash not to like him. And I kind of I didn't. That's why I didn't really like his character. I guess because we give bullies a pass on being assholes, and this guy reason needs a reason to be an asshole, but I didn't feel that. I wasn't, I don't like him. Yeah. I thought the guy was a good, he was, the kid was a good actor. He was. No, no, no. Not, I'm not on the guy. Yeah. I just didn't like how his character was just being a douchebag for no reason. But, but I guess that's the point of his character, to be a douchebag yeah, for no reason. Exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> talking, speaking of different characters and stuff like that, though, I will say some of the complaints that I do have um, was with some of the characters. Yeah. It's not necessarily the way they were actually had the way they were um, so again, this this podcast, we're going to talk about spoilers and everything. I'm going to go into this a little bit more. So, Liz, the character of Liz, she was actually really well done. That was the bad guy's daughter. Well, that was the big surprise with it. Yeah, because on spoiler, 
they keep talking about how it's with Alan in the in the TV show, or not the TV show, but the commercials and the, everything else. You hear that, yeah, this character is supposed to be with Alan. You find out later on, which was a great reveal. I thought mm-hmm. they did that really well. Yeah, they did it really well. He, you know, he's going to pick her up for, for homecoming and opens the door and there's Adrian Toomes. And when I was in the theater, like, everybody in the theater is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it was kind of, it's like a, cli- it was good. It was kind of cliche. It was it was really cliche, but it was good because there was no way to anticipate it. Yeah. And that's kind of what, this is one of those good cliches. Yeah, there was absolutely no foreshadowing. Exactly. So. But, so apparently she's not Liz Allen, she's Liz Toombs, I guess. So who's Liz Allen for non-comic book readers? Uh, Liz Allen in the comic book, she was, she was the, the pretty girl in high school. She was the one that everybody had a crush on. She dated Flash Thompson because okay. he was the he was the high school quarterback and stuff like that. She was a cheerleader. And same with Flash Thompson. She was she's kind of the ditzy blonde and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But same with that Flash Thompson and everything. She became friends with Peter later on. Mm-hmm. And of course, Peter always had kind of a crush on her, and there was always back and forth. It was never a huge, like important relationship. Okay, like she was an ongoing on. character in the series, and she. And see, the only girl that I know from the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man series is Mary J. So, I, I mean, I knew of Gwen um, from previous references, but now I'm just like, where are all these women coming from? I'm not complaining, because all the actors are cute. Not at Google. She's above eight, 18, so her uh, <laughs> glad. I'm like, no, she's cute. I got to make sure I'm not creepy. So, um, but I'm just like, where are all these women in Peter Parker's life coming from? Only one that I can really remember is Mary J. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Like Peter has he kind of is. He actually kind of is. He doesn't think he, like that again. Purely Peter Parker, he never thinks he's good or anything, or he can do stuff. But he always, yeah. He's a local neighborhood playboy. Uh, he's swinging out. There was a comic. I forget which one. It was in the Amazing Spider-Man, I think. But it was great because he's teaching a class, mm-hmm. and Mary Jane has to come to the class for something to get from his computer. And he's thinking, it's like, oh, the old Parker lost. They watch all the students here. They're going to see me and then see her and just be completely flabbergasted. I got somebody as hot as Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in no surprise. And he asks one of the students, he's like, yeah, dude, hey, you're incredibly smart. You, you, you clearly work out a lot. You see, like, there's, why would you not? Like, you, you, you have, you, you, you have everything else. Why would you not have a hot life? We expect that from you. <laughs> Attention, everybody! Locking windows. Spider-Man might be swinging into your girl's house <laughs> at night. He's a playboy. But yeah, uh, I mean, and I kind of the whole what, what they call it, Maggie or Marjorie? What they call Michelle? Oh my god! Yeah. I kind I didn't like it because that that's gonna be one of my points. I'll, I'll be in there. But I I didn't like it because I don't like when they change characters into somebody else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I loved it because the internet lost their collective <laughs> mind over a black woman playing MJ. And then they were like, she's not even Mary J. Watson. She's another character. Congratulations on being racist. That is like, a that is a last that was a last minute reveal. The very like the very last one of the very last, last lines. Scene, yeah. The last scene of it. Literally the entire movie, you know, it's Michelle, and 
the entire time when they were doing promos and everything for it, they kept telling her, no, she's not Mary Jane. She's this girl named Michelle. And so the whole thing about her being Mary Jane got mitigated and nobody really talked about it anymore. And then the very final scene of the movie, she goes, oh yeah, my friends call me MJ. I'm MJ, bitch. Like, I which, love it. <laughs> a, my biggest problem with it, I have a couple of issues with it, which, nothing against Zendaya. Again, she's a great actress and she did perfect for that role. But the role they gave her was absolutely pointless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she and just like an emo, I guess... She's like any 16 year old girl, just evil for no reason. She's just mad all the time. Yeah, I mean, she was she was an AC team and all that stuff, which her character was funny. I liked her character. Yeah. But again, the she character was absolutely pointless. The character was absolutely pointless, but they, they it felt like at the fact that she was Mary Jane at the very end, that they did that just to shoehorn Mary Jane in mm-hmm. when it wasn't needed. And the fact that they called her Michelle the entire time instead of Mary Jane or even just Mary or anything like that was basically just a, it was a, haha, we got you kind of moment thing. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely fucking pointless. Like I like, said, a couple podcasts back, I want all the non-black characters. Take them. I loved it. Fit in every racist face and hate them. Right. Yeah. I and also, like, I get the fact that characters change. Like, in this one... <laughs> Liz Allen, she wasn't the ditzy character in yeah. that. She was, and she was I love that. super smart and all yeah. that stuff too. And so subtle changes and stuff like that, I understand. I get it. That's fine. But this to is, burn the whole character. That was this was the exact opposite yeah, of who Mary like Jane. Is. Like Mary Jane was always the super hot one, super sweet. She was, yeah. I mean, the sweetness was kind of thing. But like in the main continuity, she was always kind of the party girl. She was aspiring actress, model, things like that. In the Ultimate Universe, they made her so she's she's still a bombshell character and everything like that, but she's smart, too, and all that stuff. So they do subtle changes and stuff like that, but this was a, a complete departure. She might be going... Ever. She's still... They're, like, still, what, 15, 16? Yeah. So she might be evolving into that. Maybe. I don't know. But it would still be weird, even over the course of three movies, to make her go from where she's at now to... You've never met a teenager. No, I, I understand <laughs> realistically over the course of like however many years it'll be. But I'm just my saying, sister's 15 and I'm waiting for it. Well. I'm like, you're going to turn into a completely oh different God, person in years right now. I love my niece to death. Do not get me wrong, but she she's 13 right now, and it shows with everything she says and does. Yep. Everything is every two years. My sister was like super that. embarrassing to her, and you're you're such an idiot because things like that. Like, I'm your uncle, I can be an idiot. It's fine. In but, fact, because you're looking at me and talking about me being an idiot, I'm gonna make sure I do that in front of your friends. <laughs> so So there's I mean there's a chance for character development. I I loved it because I love showing people who may who who dabble in dumb race stuff. Yeah. No, but I, I mean in the character aspect, I hated that they changed her entire character. It was yeah, it was too well As far as um, Tony Stark role, um, I'm glad they kept him minimal. And I, I say it all the time. I love their mentorship, and that's essentially what it was. I kind of wanted to slap the taste out of Tony's mouth a couple times because, oh no, he takes it a little too far. Like if you're not anything with the suit, you're nothing, bitch. Which I get that though. Like that—that that was the lesson he learned in Iron Man Three. Like, bitch. Next time a superhero. 
or a supervillain come, take that motherfucker without a suit, Tony. <laughs> Fight him without a suit. He did in Iron Man 3. How? He didn't. He, he infiltrated the entire base. Bruh, you talking about the one where like 40 suits came out of nowhere? To no, no, not, not that part. I'm talking about beforehand, whenever he first found out the Mandarin was fake, whenever he goes into their office and like just makes the like, homemade bombs and all that stuff and just goes commando on them. But he didn't do it. Because at the end, 40 suits came No, I know, I know. I, I just... Fuck you, Tony. That was a douche move, man. And then to play him at the end was like, yeah, that was just a test. No, motherfucker, I'm trying to make you an Avenger. Like, no, say that. Because I really wanted to fight him. But that's the thing, though, is that that was purely Spider-Man. In fact, a lot of people were complaining there was one on the internet whenever it was that he was going to be in Civil War and become an Avenger and all that stuff. People were complaining? Yeah, because they're like, Peter's not an Avenger, which A is completely wrong. He's been an Avenger since like 2006. But at the same time, like he was always very hesitant, and he was always kind of like, I, w- I love you guys, you guys are awesome, I would love for you, but that's not, I, that's not me, I gotta do my own thing. Because again, that, that's, that's an epitome of who Peter Parker is, is mm-hmm. if somebody asks for his help, he will be there in a second. He will do whatever he can to help you out and do whatever. But if you say, hey, so I can help. We can both help each other, and I can be there for you. It's like, no, this is my responsibility. I'm going to go do this. It's like, dude, we're trying to help you. Trying to help you. <laughs> and I think at this stage of Spider-Man's evolution, as far as where he is at 15, I think he's very defeatable on a A plus yeah. Captain, Captain America type villain level. So I, I don't think it's a good play because he's just he's even though he's super strong because of, uh, and I want to talk about feats because I want to know people. Oh, he did this feat. This this equates him to being this. I love doing that for some dumbass reason. But um, as far as strategy, development, as far as superpowers, um, he's very beatable, right? He's very sloppy. Yeah, he's very, very beatable. Other than the fact that he's super fast, um, this universe doesn't have spider sense, but he still has... No, it does have spider. It just doesn't really show it. Okay. Um, But he does have the quick reflexes. Other than that, I mean, I don't see him standing up. That would have been a quick fight for time. Yeah. Um, but um, I really like that mentorship um, kind of jokes about uh, Aunt May. Because I really like, I really like Tony. <laughs> you can do that throughout the entire film. Yeah, I like Robert Downey Jr. as, first, as uh, Iron Man. And I really like um, from, they have a, I think, Spider-Man and Friends TV show that they released a couple years ago where he was in high school and he teams up with some other yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, that was a really good show, but they also do that too when he's there. I was kind of hoping for the Iron Spider that they revealed yeah. in that show. Which was fucking sweet. I love it. The Iron Spider suit was from Civil War, and it was great. Absolutely loved it. So I was kind of hoping that that was the suit that he revealed. Even though I think it was supposed it. to be, but it was a redesign of it. Even though he doesn't use it, you know, Tony has it, so if Infinity yeah. War, he could come in and go on the suit. So I'm not too mad about that. But I really kind of, I was kind of hoping that he would help Peter develop that science aspect more as far as working on the formula for the web shoot. No, I'm, I'm glad that it was just Peter that did it, it. It shows his intelligence. It shows that he's the one that made it. Yeah, this is a debut movie, so yeah, he makes a good it, it was kind of weird, the fact that he did have all the tech and gadgets and everything from Tony Stark's suit. But at the same time, it didn't work to its advantage of the fact that showing that he's still learning the web and stuff. And also the fact that Spider-Man, he's a solo character a lot of times. He doesn't 
doesn't have, but he talks a lot. But in the comics, you know, they just show the, the thought bubble. The thought bubble. So the fact that they gave him an AI that he could talk to, I think, worked to kind of go around that. Bring out that side of humor. Yeah, so he had somebody to talk to him about stuff off without sense. him just Those talking to himself. Crazy all the time. But, um, and I, like we were talking about in the, the Wonder Woman review, that's one thing I did like about the suit once he got off of, what was it, Project Babysitter or Operation <laughs> Babysitter. No, it was uh, the training wheel protocol. Yeah, training wheel protocol. After he got off of that, um, because at his point, at that point, he had understood his powers. He could use them. Uh, he knew how to connect webs, how to shoot different type of web styling very well on his own without the use of the suit. So when the training wheel protocol came off, that character development that I was talking about in Wonder Woman that you didn't see, um, you got to see it there. And I really liked that. Yeah. I really liked the watch. For some odd reason, I really like to watch a superhero struggle to develop their powers to ultimately find out how strong they are in the end. It gives you that we made it feeling. Um, so him trying to swing off the gas station and setting off all the lights because it's an electronic mode, telling the suit stop using kill mode. Like I, that, that shit, was pretty. I like that. It was I really, really liked funny. it because you saw that development in his character. The intimidation mode. Dumbledore, oh my that whole God. scene was golden. <laughs> I'm not a girl. You're not good at this, are you? You need to work at this whole part. You're gonna go. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you what. Yeah. Like I love Donald because he didn't play. Donald just has this rage, and he yeah. played. He sat in the pocket that it needed to be in. I didn't like that he was a drug dealer gangster, but that's a whole well, conversation. But he played that pocket very well. He never said he was a drug dealer or anything like that. He's he is a big because you know who you know who he's supposed to be. Who he's the Prowler, which is they they made a comment of it. Aaron Davis is the Prowler in it, which uh, whenever he was showing them the chopper guys were showing him all the weapons, he said we got some grappling equipment over here. He got really interested in that for a second because that's what the Prowler does. He climbs Mm -hmm. stuff and he can break in. But he mentions his nephew, which his nephew in the comics is Miles Morales. So Donald for Spider Man. I see it here now. But uh, <laughs> I see the meme about that. Yeah, fans be like thirty two. Spider Man thirty two years old in high school. Okay, Donald for Spider Man. I love that they. I love that they keep incorporating him back into the Spider Man yeah. series. Whether it's the voice of Miles, whether it's the TV show, whether it's this movie, because fans really, really wanted to see him as Spider Man. Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm a big fan of Donald. Which a friend of mine pointed out, actually, because it is true in the newer comics and everything, um, Peter Parker, he, he's a famous character now. He has his own company now and stuff in comics, which I'm not going to go into that because I have my own opinions about that, but that's going way off. But to make people not think that he is Spider-Man, every now and then, he, he has Prowler get in the Spider-Man suit and pretend to be Spider-Man. So my friend would point out, I was like, there's a chance we can see Donald Glover in the Spider-Man suit. It's Probably not gonna happen, and it's not organic web, so he could be a full functioning Spider Man, at least the aspect of just swinging down the street. Exactly, I wouldn't want him to take my life or be in another (laughs) shit like that because Donald's gonna take that L. But I I, I like how they keep working him back into the series because, like I said, I was one of the people who was like, Hell yeah, yeah. So, um, the series as a whole, Marvel as a whole. 
But yeah, that whole scene was it was absolutely wonderful. That's gonna come, that's gonna dissolve in two hours. No, 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 no. you gotta fix this. No, seriously. <laughs> It's like, you're a crook, you deserve it, bye! <laughs> bye. Yeah, and I was explaining to, I think I was explaining to my father. We were talking about, no, we were talking about his song, Red Ball, to get off the topic. But, like, he, he's really just renaissance now. Yeah. So, just to see him continue to work, um, it's wonderful, and I love that, uh, seeing that character. Um, but it really played back into those weapons, I, and that led up to one of the best scenes to me. Of the uh, of the movie where they were uh, the car chase, yeah, and they were really showing what these weapons could do because them weapons were no fucking joke. Like they were nowhere close to yo. I'm gonna fight this. Like I wouldn't even want. I wouldn't want to see any of that tech hit a cap shield because I don't know how cap shield will hold up. I mean, theoretically, it, it would hold up, but it would knock them back. Yeah, theoretically, it should hold up the way that vibranium. But I still wouldn't want that. Like Brady was as strong or as weak as they needed to be for this courtesy. <laughs> but I do, I do not. I mean, those, those, that tech was powerful, um, and they really got a chance to display that in that scene. Because before that, you really had no idea how strong that tech was. And I like stuff like that. Going back to that power source, but they could not have developed any of that tech because the the stuff that they got was a power source. So, making this crazy-ass tech based on an unlimited renewable power source, you know, like, you would have already had to know how to make that tech. The tech is unlimited. I love the weapons. I hope they pop up in other universes. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which they have popped up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit. Not necessarily those weapons, but other Shintari. Yeah. I I want to see one of them guns pop up (laughs) in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because that'll be a good fight. That'll not a good fight, but yeah, that'll be that expand on the weapon a little bit more. Agents of Shield, which I finally got into, does a really good job of breaking into these subsets of the Marvel Universe and for them to explore the origin of the gun and how it fits together and things like that. I, I love that. Depending on how it fits, what happens to fits at the end of the Oh show. man, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I know, it's, thank you. It's so good. But that going back to that, like one of the things that I would say that the film was a, it was both a positive and a negative, was the fact that it took in, it took place entirely in Queens. The reason why I say, well, the reason why I say it was a negative was because at no point could you did you see him swinging from building to building, not like tall buildings swinging in the city because he's not in Brooklyn, he's not in Manhattan. He was in Queens. It was all like two, three-story buildings and stuff like that. And then also in the suburbs of yeah. uh, Queens. So you didn't really get to see the high-flying uh, action, yeah. except for, you know, of course, at the end, but that was a whole different thing. Yeah. He's on an airplane, so <laughs> that's different. So you didn't really get to see that aspect of Spider-Man, which I love seeing Spider-Man, because one of my favorite things is when he's like, I, I honestly, if I could have any superpower, it would be Spider-Man's abilities and stuff, because web-swinging looks like the most one thing in the world to do. Do you know they allow you to skydive off of a swing? No, it's a bunch. Yeah, skydive off of Yeah, but you can't get the up, up, you can't get the upswing and then jump off of it and do a couple flips and then swing back again on something yeah. else. So It looks completely horrible. Like, I think, uh, I, I took physics and I, I looked into the physics of it. It looks like it's absolutely terrifying. I never did. But yeah, I kind of see what you're saying because 
Tobey Maguire Spider-Man had some I think it was two that had some absolutely iconic scenes. The subway scene. This, of him swinging. Yeah. Um, and I think, did he cut, didn't he cut a flip off a building and then go straight into a swing or some wild shit? Like yeah, he that? does. Yeah. So I, it, that really kind of played on that web swing really well. And that's one of my favorite parts of any Spider-Man game. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, Spider-Man Two! Yeah, that was it. And the new Spider-Man game, I cannot wait for it. I hope they get the web swinging right again. I think they had a PS2. Yeah, it was a PS2 Spider-Man game. It was a comic book ass. Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, that web swinging was absolutely wonderful. That was yeah, that was very much like Spider-Man Two was. You talking about the movie Spider-Man Two? It was yeah. I have it, but. If like that has the best web swinging in my life. I didn't like it. I got partly through one. And one is not the same. Yeah, no. It wasn't I might pop that in because I still have it at the house. I bought, I, if, when the game gets old, I buy a whole series if I can get it for less than like yeah. So I bought the whole set, but I didn't like the first one, so I didn't play it. The second. The third. The second one's really, really good. Uh, kind of bare bones as far as action, but the web swinging is absolutely perfect. The uh, third game is not that good either. <laughs> but, um,. So yeah, I mean, I never, I didn't pay attention to that at all. But um, I guess it was so so good of a movie that I really yeah no again like it was I I was upset at the fact that you didn't really get high flying web swinging action and stuff like that because he's not in Manhattan or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it worked really well with this is the roots of Spider Man. He is in Queens. Everything he's doing takes place around Queens because that's his neighborhood. Yeah, he's still learning the ropes. So. When we got to Tom McGuire, he was like a senior on his way out. So yeah. two, he was already out on his own. So yeah. we kind of saw him in Brooklyn, um, in that area with the tall buildings. So yeah, that, I mean, it really makes sense. So I think it was such a good movie. Yeah, like, I haven't really heard anybody else talk about that so much. So I definitely wanted to bring that part up. So it made it different. It did take it did take something away that I love in Spider Man, yeah. but at the same time, it didn't take away from the film. It was a small negative. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very small complaint. It's not even really a complaint. It's just a on slightly disappointed. Yeah, do this. But it worked. We got five more films. We got five more films. I'm calling it, baby. Five more films. It did really work for the movie. And then also you had his best friend, which it's so weird the way they did that character. I love him. Yeah, I know you don't know anything much about the comics, but it was supposed to be Ned Lee. Which Ned Leeds in the comics was somebody from the Daily Bugle that he knew, and he became one of the three Hobgoblins. He became Hobgoblin um, in the comics Pacific Dead. But that is not who this Ned Leeds is based off of at all. This Ned Leeds is based off of Miles Morales' best friend, Genki. Which he is exactly like Genki. And I love this character. And it was wonderful. He was, he was such a great character. Kind of reminded me of a. Before he got buck wild, <laughs> but that's kind of he kind of had that quirky, funny, nerdy kind of vibe to him, and I really love it. And just the way that he kind of they gave you a fanboy character. Yeah, I like when they give um, fanboy characters or do fanboy shows um, because you kind of you 
people who really like the series can kind of latch on to that character. When he was wearing a mask, he was like, yeah, if I'm Spider-Man's best friend. Yeah, of course, I'm going to be wearing it. She ain't no goddamn mask. That's some shit I'm doing. So, I kind of like that, and there's some other series, not to go too far, that, that do that, and I really enjoy characters like that. The Thousand Piece Lego set, I think it was absolutely yeah. wonderful. So, um, and then he ended up saving, yeah, he saved Peter from Shocker. Yeah. So, kind of had that development in it, too. So, I, re- I really like I just love the fact that whenever he first finds out that he's Spider-Man, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna level with you right here. I don't think I can keep this a secret. <laughs> don't tell nobody. I won't. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love the character. Character stuff. Like, I want to be the dude in the chair. What? I want to be the dude in the chair. But he's in the computer lab at high school, <laughs> loading between two computers. Which guy in the chair? Which made no sense because they're completely opposite sides and he could have just scooted over and ran yeah. two computers. I, I think he wanted to be I think he just wanted to. As a, as a kid, I'd probably do the same thing. Just like, I want to keep going back to the computer. Yes, this would be more efficient, but this is more fun and make me feel like I'm doing more. Doing more shit. I got two command centers <laughs> and I got 37 computers in this damn computer lab and I'm going to pick the two directly across from each other. So, yeah. So, uh, I love this character. I hope they kind of play more on that. Speeder. Speeder. <laughs> Peter has this home base kind of character because he never really had that. I think it make him really more efficient. Yeah. Um, but to me, Peter finding crime never made sense. Yeah. Like he that. sits on a building, swings, and kind of waits for people to do bad stuff. But like Superman can chill because he hears it. Batman too. Like Batman probably has his police scanner in his head. And he could hear it in his headset. But Peter would have to accidentally Well he goes on patrols, that's basically what he does. Yeah, he goes on nightly patrols. Which they showed that at the beginning of the film. What's the likelihood he'll run into somebody who just goes on patrols? You see what I'm saying? Well that's why I like You can say that you can say that about a lot of superheroes and stuff like that. So that's why I kinda like that command center he's tapped into the NYPD or something. It kinda makes it that part of it, because when he was like, oh, it's just stuck up in the alleyway, like, what is the chances? Like, oh, I'm being held up by a bad guy right now. There's probably a 12% chance that Spider-Man is in the neighborhood to save me. I probably want to get rid of my car. Like, that's what you would, it's not, it's more unlikely for Spider-Man to save you than it is. Yeah. So, I kind of would like to see that aspect, especially with the big things. Um, LAPD I think that would be really good for his character, especially um, now that he has the original team, the Doctor Strange pro- uh, training world protocol, so he now has uh, Tony Stark's original suit um, with complete powers. So, yeah. Hopefully in the next movie he's mastered them. I don't want any more character development. I got what I want. I want him to be an expert at using that suit. Yeah, I did find it a little funny. Like, it, th- this film, it was it was hilarious. Like it's probably the funniest movie out of the, all the MCU films. Guardians two was pretty. That's uh, Guardians. Guardians oh, is oh, probably the only other one that I would say is a contender. But they don't try to make fun of them. I know. I know. Well, no, yeah. no, that's not. That's not a commentary on them. I'm just saying that just to stick a fact. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. They they kind of they really played into Peter as a funny, smart ass kind of yeah. character. Which it was kind of weird because like. It was more situational humor. 
Yeah. On, which is not really Spider-Man, but it's the best way to do it in a film, I think. Well, he's a very, he's not, it's not situational comedy shit so much with him as it is, like, he's just, he loves to mess with people. Yeah, and he keeps talking the entire fight and will not shut up to the point where he not only annoys the bad guys, but also annoys his friends and the other, other Avengers and stuff like that. Like, even Captain America one time in the comics told him, like, you know, we don't, we don't hate you, it's just... Yeah, your jokes can get a little tiring at times. We, I've kind of learned to drown you out. <laughs> yeah, like, just shut it up, dude. I'm like, I'm trying to fight. Thank you. Which they did great in Civil War. Yeah. Like, he was talking so much in Civil War to the point where Falcon even just, like, comments on it. Like, you know they're not normally this amount of talking in the fight, right? <laughs> um, I stole the shield. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Captain America PSA is, in general... I know you. I know you get what you're thinking of right now, which was still. Saw my face drop. Oh yeah, my but the 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 gym one, and then the one during the uh, detention, detention was great. <laughs> and then he comes up, like at the end as he's walking away, he starts going into a puberty one, and he's yeah. talking about. I know your body's going through a lot of changes. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> and it, I get it. Made it was cute. I liked it. It made sense, but you also have to remember that Cap is a fugitive. At this point. The, <laughs> Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. Freaking love Hannibal Burris. I don't think they. I, that's a whole other conversation. We'll get into that. But as far as the PSA, it, it, the one thing that I, I and he mentioned that yeah, he's a fugitive. So I don't think the school would have really kept him around. I don't know. Like he's still an <laughs> iconic person. It was one of those like, are we hey. gonna are gonna replace all of these? Hey, we got a message from uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer that we want you to listen to. But Jeffrey, no, that's that's a bit different. That's, Al Capone has a message for That's you. still different. <laughs> no, like, this is a, he's still a world-renowned war hero. If nothing, the PSA, the PSA group for the schools would have lost their <laughs> fucking mind. You want our kids to listen to the fucking future? Hannibal Burst, he's like, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal right now, but I still have these tapes to show you. <laughs> I really, I love Hannibal because he's really dry and he's really funny. And I think I told you about the joke he had with the Penguin Sandwich. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful comment. I don't think they used him well. Well, he was a, he was a side character. He wasn't supposed to be. Anything. You could have still gave him. He's one. He's one of the more Hannibal in it. I want. Yeah. I I, I saw Hannibal. And Yes, Hannibal Burris, he's gonna get a couple, he's gonna get a couple good ones, and you got two. You got exactly a couple. And I think they didn't use him well. Um, I don't think they were trying to use him well. They should have used him well. That would have been, that would have added to the fun. He, he's definitely one of those characters that, or one of those actors that he's not well known unless you know who he is. He is. But if you, and know, if you know who, who he is, is, you, you love, love him. him. Yeah. But he's still, like, most people aren't gonna know. And so, I think I guess maybe to get Hannibal more love. I'm I love comics at heart, so I guess to give Hannibal. But I just don't, I don't think they use him well. He's a very funny comic. He could have played, maybe did like a this, this is why you're in detention. Maybe if he did the detention PSA, well we had you in detention and did the little spiel, and that would have been absolutely. Yeah, I think it was great that they but, used the cat thing, but I mean you could say the same thing about Martin Starr, who was the decathlon coach. Um, the 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 one that on the bus that takes him to the death camp and all that stuff. Yeah. Like he's one of those characters that he 
didn't really have many scenes, but he didn't need many scenes or do anything. But who is he? He's he's another actor. He's a comedian too. I've seen him. Really? Before. Yeah. And he's in Silicon Valley. He's Joe Boyle in the book. Like, oh my god, he's hilarious. Oh. You want to talk about Dragon Ball? Like that character. That's the TV show, right? Yeah. I seen a couple scenes from that, and I told myself I need to. It's a really good show. Um. But. So yeah, you can say that. I mean, they're they're side characters. They're not their teachers. There's no story with them. You don't really need to use them. They're just there for some fun dates. And yeah. That's it. Um. So yeah, you're right. They didn't use them very much. But when they did use them, it was golden. It was great. It was great. Yeah. No, they used them well. I just I didn't think it was enough. <laughs> I can't I can't afford to lose those students. Not again. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, hold on, what? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> what the and that was on live television. <laughs> oh my god, what, what happened with the last one? Is that why you're now in Queens? <laughs> How did you get into magnet school after losing a student? Uh, yeah. You know, they, no, magnet schools are not for B-plus teachers. You have to be an A-plus teacher. They lost a student. PSA would have lost that shit again. Uh, I'm repping for the local PSAs of Queens. You need to go to your school. First, get capped off the goddamn announcement. Get this child losing teacher out of the school. Y'all need to do a better job. Parents, y'all need to step up. Also, before we were at the Washington Monument, and he was like, Michelle, you're not going to go up? I don't really feel like celebrating something that was built by slaves. He was like, oh, I'm sure the Washington Monument wasn't big. They turned around to the security guard that's doing it. I love it. He's like, okay, enjoy your time here. The black power in me kind of chuckled and laughed. I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the revolutionary bit. I, I love that scene. It was funny though, again, just the way that they played it off too. But, but yeah, going back to good things with the film, going back to Adrian Toomes and his Ultraman, the car scene. After they revealed, like after it revealed that he was Liz Allen's dad. Oh my God, that scene was you know like wow, you could could feel it. It was the best scene in the entire film. It only had three characters with no action to it, and it was she really didn't count because the scene didn't start until she got out. Agreed completely. Well, even in the drive there. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. You could just feel the tension in that. She was getting on my nerves. I was so. (laughs) When she's like, "Gonna get out," I was like, "Yes," because you are not needed in this goddamn scene. (laughs) You don't know what's going on, and you're not making anything better. Get the hell off the car. But when she left, yeah, that scene was good because you could see him starting to piece it together, and he actually got it before Peter realized he would get it. Yep. And I'm like. Like, no, I'm afraid of the man in the car, but I'm just keep talking. Because he's, he's hoping, like, you can tell the entire time he's like hoping that Dude, he doesn't catch on. I guess the naivety yeah. of him thinking that he wasn't going to put it together. But when she got out the car, that scene went to high. I just, yeah, he turns around with the gun. Not in the throat. And oh. like, does she know? No, what? Good, she doesn't know. So, <laughs> oh, like, which again, shit. Tom Holland is a great actor. I've loved him so far. He is the perfect Spider Man. But he had Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton in that scene, in general, in that entire show, in that entire movie, but especially that scene, just he just showed his raw talent yeah. for acting, and it was such a good scene. That and when he hit the guy with the gravity gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, he thought uh, it was a gravity gun. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> You're shocked now. Like, what the fuck? Which I, I thought it was a really good way they did that though, because it was. They want you to sympathize with that character. They 
wanted you to sympathize with the Hulk, mm-hmm. which is good. But they they didn't want to make if they made him a straight up killer, it would be a lot harder to sympathize with him. So the fact that he had to turn around, like I thought that was a gravity thing, was a good way to make it so that it showed that he could be a killer, but that wasn't who he was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about it like that. I kind of took it as like a goofy scene, but yeah, which it was. But you make a great point. Like I didn't, I wanted to show this guy I meant. Uh, that I ain't nothing to trifle with, but I did not mean to vaporize him. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. And he was just like, whatever, on to the next one. Like, and like, it, it wasn't like, oh my God, my soul is raving with the agony. He was just like, whatever. Yep, just kept it happens. He was a dick. It's fine. Like, like, that sucks that I did that. I Everybody in his crew got together, though. They was, there was no more questions. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, that's over there. <laughs> Great team building exercise. It would be how they incorporated the Tinkerer too. Like the Tinker is part of the MCU now, mm-hmm. officially. So I was, in, um, but yeah. So just Tom Holland killed it. Michael Keaton killed it. They, um, what's her name right now? I cannot think of her name. Uh, the guy that played the gu- guy, the girl that played Aunt May. She's a famous actress, and I cannot think. Of I know you're talking about. I can't think of her name. That's gonna bug the crap out of me. And she, she they were trying to play her like she was a. They made a, made a good job of her making a great holy bond. I don't think it's I don't think that's something they did. Um, but I think she's just getting old. No offense to the women out there. I think she was just getting old. But uh, they kind of played her up as like this sexy aunt, and she, to me, she wasn't really all that. I guess I, I've, I've never been attracted to her, but. Um, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei, yeah. I had to Google it. Back in the day, she was good looking. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always got to thank the redheads, but to me, she was just, they kind of played on it to the point where I'm like, she's not really that cute, yo. Like, well, uh, maybe she's, she's definitely Tony's type. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, she's definitely Tony's type, but I think, think they played it a little bit. I think she, her role was good. I think they, they did her too much in Avengers. Everybody, um, Everybody let her know, hey, we really don't like this anime. And she had too many scenes, and then they really scaled her back in Homecoming. Yeah. And I it think was a she perfect did amount. A great job as Ant Man. Yeah, absolutely. But they didn't try to overdo it. They didn't yeah. try to do her too much. Which I mean, that's the point of Ant Man. Exactly. So I think it was perfect balance of anime. I love the the final final cut scene, or the, the was that the first cut scene? Um, I really like that one. Or the after credit scene, um, where she finds out. Absolutely love that with her. Um, other than that, she didn't need to do it again. Like, she doesn't need that much more time. She appreciated that stuff. Well, um, I, I, sorry, quick side note that I have to say here, because I just got to record, and this is kind of important to me anyway. Uh, just report on the news. George Romero has just passed it. Grandfather of zombie films, did the Night of the Living Dead, and all that. He, he basically created the entire uh, zombie genre. Personal hero of mine. So, sorry to sad note, but yeah, he officially passed away. Yeah, that man, his, his, his brilliance haunts me to this day. It's the reason I'm afraid of zombies. Yeah, he was the visionary, and he, again, he made the entire genre. I was also four the first time. 
Yeah, my uncle was our asshole. <laughs> yeah, so, oh man, uh, I hate to hear that, but yeah, that film was, was legendary, if not magic. But, since we're talking about different Spider-Man comics, let's talk about the video. Absolutely loved it. Um, one of the reasons that I like it is, I don't know, I guess you call it a crush. I like player locks when you can lock on an enemy. Um, it looks like this has not necessarily a player lock, but it allows you to see things that are interactable yeah. and you face them. And I kind of like that, especially with Spider-Man um, game that has this kind of mechanic and reflex system, because it looks like you can literally flip and jump off of anything. Um, and one of the things I had an issue with uh, Spider-Man 1 and also the Ultimate Spider-Man is you'll find yourself in locations or camera angles that is really hard to orient yeah. yourself into what the best action was and or if something was interactable. Especially a lot of the shelf scenes when you're hanging off a 13-foot ceiling. No, you're hanging off a 20-foot ceiling in a warehouse and the guy's on the ground floor. You don't know, hey, can I stealth kill this guy? And having that interactable highlight feature makes it really, really easy to figure out, okay, this guy, this door, this angle. Um, the combat system looks really, really nice. I hope they kind of have a, um, I couldn't tell or not if they had kind of like a Assassin's Creed-esque triangle to evade kind of system, or if they were just like, the guy we were playing it was just that damn good. Um, but hopefully they have a, oh man, he's swinging, you can hit this action. Maybe it changes to kind of switch that up, but the gameplay looks really, really nice. The thing that I noticed from the trailer, though, is that the scene where he was running through the building, um, the helicopter took off, uh, he got thrown into the building, and he had to run through the building and jump to the other yeah. side. Um, that was all just forward mechanics. Uh, mechanics. You didn't have to hit different buttons yeah. to evade. So they built that into it where you would still have to push to the forward. But then they would do Which it. Which I thought was a smart way to do it. Absolutely. And it's smooth. Unlike um, a lot of the motion with the... And I keep referencing um, Assassin's Creed because it was the only one I could think of with that kind of parkour-esque type climbing system. Um, but with a lot of the Assassin's Creed, you would have to, to hit a button. And it didn't always come off smooth. So for them to naturally incorporate that into a gameplay that's not an animation, but automatically recognizes the object, it's really cool. Oh, when you jump off the other side of the window, that you actually have to jump, that it's not an animation. Yeah. I, mean, I have to jump, I have to hit this at the right time. It's not a push square when it, the circle gets small. Push square in this window, like I actually have to use my web trainer. And um, I want a little bit more difficulty when it comes to the mid air acrobatic Spider Man web swinging stuff because it'll give you that authentic feel of I have to hit it right. And I don't mind falling to my death, and then we just restart the scene over until I feel right. But I want to be able to not just like a God of War hit triangle at the same time. Yeah, not not just completely uh, animation. Quick time events. Yeah, so. um, But other than that, it it looks absolutely wonderful. The storyline looks really good, and I'm really excited. Is it this year or next year? I think it's next year. (laughs) It's like early next year, though. But yeah, no, that looks really, really good. And I'm so glad that Spider-Man is not only has an amazing movie where he is in the Marvel Universe now, and he's going to 
looks he, he looks like he's getting another great video game, which it's been a while since he's had. That's one not movie based, because no one can put out a good movie based game. They just need to stop doing it. Spider-Man Two is great. I'm not playing it, but I, I like how it's non movie based. Yeah. It's not a movie. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad it's their it's their own universe. It's their own thing. Because even a bad Spider-Man game is still better than. Uh, even a bad Spider-Man game is a B plus game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's true. I can uh, talk all day about how much I didn't like the B Knox games, but even then, I would say that they're still still, still B minus at at worst. Yeah, they're not what I wanted at all. But yeah. I mean, it's hard. I won't say it's hard. No one has put out because I don't. I don't make games, so I can't say it's hard not to make bad Spider-Man games. But the people who do do them put enough effort to at least make them really. really um, so I'm really excited. This looks like it's gonna be one of the best Spider-Man games. Um, and then he he fights with uh, Kingpin too. Which well, you see Kingpin, yeah, you know Kingpin. I mean, yeah, yeah, not fight with him literally, but you see his interaction, and that's one of um, the bad guys that I like that he interacts with, just because he's kind of the overlord of the of the Queens and of the Bronx. All right, well, I think today is going to be, like I said, it's just me and Q today, so I think it's going to be a shorter yeah. episode. Uh, but, yes, Spider-Man Homecoming, amazing film. If you're a fan of superhero films, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, or if you're just a fan of MCU in general, definitely recommend this. Got to go see it. Got to go see it. Just keep the timeline going. Yeah. Ragnarok is next. Yes. And I don't even like Thor. I'm just happy to see that the Hulk is going. <laughs> Thank you. It will be, it'll be good. Um, that, and then we got Black Panther, and then after that... You already know. And after that, we got Avengers Infinity War. I'm doing a review of Panther the day after. <laughs> I might do the written review for Panther. Dude, I would love it if somebody else did, did the articles. <laughs> I want to do them, but I don't know how to write a spoiler free, because I'm spoiling for you. But yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, the Panther is no question. Um, I think they said they have another Guardians coming. I did. Yeah, it's way in the yeah. yeah, MCU is crushing it. Just keep, keep going with the timeline and just keep paying your little 15 bucks a fan. They all work for you. Uh, with that, again, uh, this is Astronauts Anonymous. Bring you your user one step at a time. You guys have a great day. One small step for man, one giant step for nerd time. <laughs> I like that. <laughs>